Welcome, everybody. It is 8 o'clock on Thursday. You know what that means. It is time for another episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. I'm getting some feedback here. I'm going to mute a few folks up. There we go. All right. Um, just completely lost my train of thought there, but that's all right. Uh, this is the best show that nobody's watching, so uh, I would love your help to uh, change that and uh, if you like what you see and hear on this podcast we would love it if you would go ahead and just uh, hit that share button and and share it to your social media share it uh, put it in a text message put it in an email uh, give it to a lot of people so just kind of share it everywhere that, that you can copy and paste a link that would be really really great for for all of us anyway um all right, uh, moving right along here, we're gonna we'll give a chance to to get the the notification out here real quick, and everybody get noticed. Also, I'm going to switch this here on the old Twitter feed. We are live up on Twitter, and uh, the the only thing is, unlike Facebook, on Twitter, the, nothing goes out ahead of time. It's just as soon as we go live, then it just shows up on the profile as as a thing. So uh, I have to remember at the top of the episode, as soon as we go live, then I've got to go to Twitter and pin it. So if you go to the Twitter page, which is, uh, uh, what is it again? Twitter.com slash SandHillsJohn at, what was it? Not at. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just going to paste the Twitter page. And if you don't tweet, that's cool. It is kind of a cesspool. However, being uh, locked out of Facebook right now, at least it gives me a place to vent and and post some funny stuff. And I just have to be careful. So moving forward, I will, I will have to just be very careful um, what I post up on the Facebook page because I can't afford to get booted completely. I can't even afford to be in this 30-day sentence that I'm in right now, I think 14 days left to go. Uh, I should be out of Facebook jail, I think, just in time for for the podcast in, in two weeks' time. Um, and so uh, the problem is with everything going on um, here in Nebraska with LB773, which there's nothing to report right now. So those of you that are wondering why you're not hearing anything, it's because we haven't heard anything. It hasn't been scheduled yet. We don't have a date uh, for the select file hearing, but as soon as we do, then we'll go hot and heavy with the posts and everything else. And I can't help. I can't even post on NFOA stuff on Facebook because my personal page got restricted. And so, well, because Sandhills media page got restricted, that means that everything that I touch is restricted and they got wise to me making, uh, new accounts, fake accounts and tying those in and they shut those down too. And so, uh, so moving forward, if you like the Facebook stuff, you're just not going to see as many of the what I think are hilarious memes. I'm going to have to dial those back and be a little more serious and, and verbid act a little more professional on my stuff. Uh, but uh, the reason that is is not because I'm, I'm bowing to the masters or kowtowing. It's because uh, I can do more good on that platform than I can off of it. And so if that's the case, then I have to play by the rules to stay there, right? So uh, anybody that wants to call me out for for uh, being weak or, or whatever, go ahead. But that's not actually what's happening. It's, it's because I'm no good whatsoever if I can't get on Facebook 
and we've got over 10,000 followers on Sandhills Media uh, on Facebook. So I, I, we've got a loud voice, and uh, we want to uh, we want to be able to use that voice and not not lose it. So real quick here, we will go through and just say hello to everybody on our illustrious panel. Um, I don't know if illustrious is the right word or not, but we do have uh, kind of a rogues gallery tonight. So uh, we'll start off first and foremost. We do have the semi-official co-host in the house tonight, Defense Dad. How's it going, sir? Not too bad. Sorry, y'all don't get to see my awesome beard tonight. I got too much crap behind me in the background. Turn the camera on tonight. You know we don't tune in for your background. We tune in so that the ladies can see the sexiness that is your beard. I know, but the pile of junk behind me would not turn be good for your show. Uh, fine. Anyway. <laughs> fine. Ladies, you'll just have to wonder. Now, there are back episodes. You can go back. When this is over, you can go back and see Defense Dad in all of his bearded glory. Or you can just plan on tuning in moving forward. Tune in next week. Uh, because uh, Defense Dad is single. Uh, he's a Capricorn who likes long walks to the gun store, pina coladas, and getting caught in the rain. And so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, no, I'm just I'm reading. I don't know if any of that's the... true except for the walks to the gun store. I know he's always gonna be down for pretty that, pretty so. except for the pina coladas. I'm more of a rum and coke guy, but well there you go. There you no, go. I'm just redoing some stuff in the studio and it's just a mess. No, I hear you. Totally fine. I get it. So uh the, the main thing is that you're here, you're feeling well, and uh and, and you're doing well. So I can happy. walk. We're happy to have you with us. Yeah, I can finally walk, it's awesome. Perfect. And you're not sedated or, or shot up with drugs or anything for your knees. So that's true. Good stuff. All right. Uh, moving right along on, uh, if you're looking at the screen, it is to the right of Defense Dad. Also in the capital city of Lincoln, the other most eligible bachelor in Lincoln, everybody's favorite tactical teacher, Travis P11. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. it looks like it's going to be a fun little discussion this evening. If I keep turning off my camera, I've got a very needy corgi this evening ammo dog is demanding belly rub so if you see me leaning over i'm not having a stroke on you guys i'm just uh trying to keep you, take care of the pooch so i'm, I'm briming it briming him with uh dog treats so he'll quit whining so yeah you're welcome um, to pick him up and rub his belly on camera Did, i think i might just start doing that yeah yeah I, I know that you're you're you know recently uh eligible as a bachelor mm -hmm. but here's, here's oh, yeah. a little tip that i remember yeah. from my single days the ladies do love the puppies I know, and, I know. And, and every so time a cat show up in the video, it's like you if, always get a response. So if yeah. they know you're a dog dad, I'm just saying that you absolutely. Can use he's a babe magnet. Charlie's a babe yeah. magnet. He is. He is. He's yeah. He's a wonderful little creature. So <laughs> yeah, ammo dog, ammo dog. I just uh, but anyway, you were turning turning your camera off because of the shame, you know, since you don't no. even have your epic beard going right now. No, no. I need to just I need to start growing it back out. At some point here, I'll just get motivated to let it go. I was starting to do it again last summer, and then it got itchy and. <laughs> Uh, I just got to get, I got to get, I got to get used to it, man. I'm the only one here. That's not, uh, you know, it's turned his man card in. So, um, but, but otherwise you guys check out my channel on YouTube, Travis P one, one, I've got a Thursday night podcast from six to seven. We end it early so we can get over here, uh, six to seven central time. The only time zone that matters. And all of us enjoy that time zone that are on this podcast tonight. And then also I do a show sometimes Saturday mornings at 8am central time, sometimes Sundays between seven 30 and eight 30, uh, caliber corner weekend edition. So, Weekly shows about one particular firearm or series. Weekend edition is whatever comes to mind. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I am posting your podcast over on Facebook all over the place right now. So people I might sure see me posting it. it. 
you're going to get the word out there. So you got to watch. I sure appreciate it. That would be yeah, great. Absolutely. All right. Man. And if you're on yep. Twitter, go ahead and please retweet the post. That would be great yep. too. Uh, Gunpowder Beauty out there says dogs are amazing, but her See? opinion does not matter. <laughs> being married as she is, well, yeah, uh, I think yeah. she speaks for the just ladies everywhere, uh, married or otherwise. So. Uh, and then Patriot in the Dark also had a, a great uh, welcoming line there. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and Russian <laughs> bots. So, yeah, the, the Blue Wrenches always have their work cut out for them in the chat there. Hey, uh, John. You. No, sorry, real quick. Forgot one thing since uh, we mentioned on Travis's show, but tonight is the last night to RSVP for Thunder on the Prairie if you want to get in for the good swag. All right, Thunder on the Prairie, of course, is the event for... Uh, for YouTubers, by YouTubers, uh, happening in uh, June, right? First weekend in June? June 4th. June Nebraska 4th. Shooters in Firth. The 4th the fourth in Firth. Firth on the 4th, but not the 4th of July, the 4th of June, which is just outside Lincoln. So, so uh, yeah, RSVP for that. There, there's going to be prizes. There's going to be, uh, I don't know about food, but there's going to be folks and fun and firearms. So a lot of our favorite F-words. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to be there. Uh, we talked about this last week, Sand Hills sweetheart and I are not going to be there for thunder on the prairie because I can't get out of work that day because other stuff has happened uh, that I need weekends for. So I got to work that weekend. However, here's the cool part. If you've kind of been on the fence about whether or not you should show up and, and attend that, do it because we're going to come down later. I uh, get off work at 4.15. We should be able to get out of town before 5 o'clock, which puts us in uh, Lincoln right about supper time. So we can get together with everybody. We'll uh, we'll have a meal, break bread. My bride wants to, uh, uh, she, I don't think she wants to go sing, but she wants us all to go to karaoke so she can laugh at those of us that do sing. Uh, plus, those of you that remember the Tulsa trip back in 2018, if there's anybody rubbing up on her man while I'm trying to sing, she'll be there in person this way to uh to lay them out so there could be a fight i'm just saying it's worth the admission worth the price of admission just to find out so go check that out all right <laughs> coming back around uh now we're just uh off to the 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 old married bearded men so uh we've got uh coming to us from our, uh, our neighboring state to the north up there in the uh, in the east central part of south dakota We've got uh, Paul Lathrop, the deputy director of new media for Second Amendment Foundation. Now, I say it like that means something because, gosh darn it, it does. That's a cool title. Well, thank you. Uh, it was uh, bestowed upon me when I became an employee of SAF. I, uh, I wasn't expecting a big fancy title, but they, they said, well, you are now deputy director of wow. new media i'm like very cool and so, i'm not just saying that so that i can kiss your butt and get some brownie points in case i ever get a chance to get introduced to alan i'm oh, just you <laughs> show up in dallas on september 30th october uh, 1st and 2nd and i'll make sure you get introduced this is not the year for us to get to the fun <laughs> stuff but hopefully next year hope uh the the schedule will free up well, let's hope the money is there so that we can do some traveling next year uh, just not going to happen this year, but, uh, but yeah, the thunder on the prairie, we'd love to meet up with, with everybody that's going to that. And, and a lot of you, we've never actually gotten to meet in person. So that's going to be fun. Um, uh, Paul, thanks for being here and hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. And then last, but certainly not least, we have got, uh, from, from an undisclosed location, deep underground, Pat 
in a bunker. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for having me on tonight, John. Yeah, you betcha. Glad to have you along again. Glad that you're not a robot tonight, uh, that you're not a Russian or American or any other kind of bot. Or even remotely sounding like one. You're not a Dalek. <laughs> and and yeah, you're not here to exterminate us all. So we appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. I am not the evil T-1000. I do not have the builds for that. And I'm not nearly, uh, yeah, bones are a little bit frail versus uh, that unobtainium that he was made of. Right. <laughs> Liquid metal. Polymimetic alloy. Mm. All right. Um, cool. Glad to have everybody along. And of course, uh, the, the best looking one of us never even uh, wants to be on camera. But uh, my beautiful bride is in the producer's chair just off camera, off my, my left elbow here. Um, and then, of course, this other beautiful blonde is also walking around in, in the, uh, the studio slash office slash back bedroom here. Uh, at the headquarters and so if she gets restless you may see my camera turn off and i may have to uh to uh take her out or, or do something with her but hopefully it'll be like last night and she'll get bored and tired and just lay it down on the floor and pass out that's what she did before um all righty so uh so yeah if you're out there watching us live please drop those comments um we don't see the the twitter comments although if there are any um my phone should let me know as, as people comment on the on the Twitter feed. But uh, if you're in in YouTube land, drop those comments out there. We want to know you're out there. We want to uh, we want to to put you on the list so we can say hello later. And that's what she's doing. Of course, uh, she's also going to greet you in the uh, in the chat there, so that I don't have to try and type while I'm talking because I can't, and uh, I don't have to try to talk while I'm typing because I also can't. So you guys know how this works. She does the typing. I do the talking. We both do what we're good at. Um, although she's better at talking than she gives herself credit for. All right. Before we jump in, a couple things that I want to, to uh, mention, as always, uh, besides leaving those comments, hit the share button. Uh, hit the like button if you, if you would as well, if you haven't subscribed to this channel or any of the rest of the channels uh, of the panelists here, including uh, Second Amendment Foundation and the Polite Society podcast channels for Paul, um, Defense Dad, Travis P11, or did you get it to Pat in a Bunker yet, or is it still Pat Hirsch? Uh-oh, are you muted? He's muted. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I need to get that last part switched over. Uh, so, so right now it's still the Pat Hirsch channel? Yes. Okay, yes. all right. So very soon it will be Pat in a Bunker. Awesome. All right, and... Uh, and one other thing that we like to mention, and we are very proud to be part of the Self-Defense Radio Network, of which uh, Paul is also a part um, and a founding member of as well. But uh, you can check out this podcast and a whole bunch of other great uh, uh, freedom and firearm and and just liberty and self-defense, all kinds of good stuff related podcasts over there. There's a whole pile of them and growing all the time. So always check back and, and see who's been added. But uh, you can get to uh, get to the Self-Defense Radio Network at sdrn.us. That is Sierra Delta Romeo November dot Uniform Sierra. For those of you that didn't understand what I said, uh, it's just Self-Defense Radio Network, sdrn.us. So go check that out. Um, all right. And then one last thing before we uh, get rolling here 
is the fact that we're able to uh, multi-stream on multi-platforms, even though Facebook won't let us. We'll add that one back in as we can. Uh, but uh, tonight's show is brought to you on YouTube and Twitter by Decoding Firearms. Look at that. Look at these guys holding it up. They're better than, uh, they're not better than Vanna White. Uh, trust me, if I could have Vanna White instead of you two, I would do it, but I still love you guys. Uh, <laughs> Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about decoding firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com slash decoding dash firearms. Decoding firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or a full color Kindle version. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. Get yours today. All right. And we really appreciate uh, John Petrolino being a friend uh, personally and a friend of the channel and a sponsor of, of the show. Uh, so you can go check out a lot of what he has to say, mostly on bearingarms.com. He does a lot of great writing over there, uh, along with uh, his full-time job on a boat as, as a merchant Marine uh, and everything else that he does. Uh, one thing he cannot lay claim to that I'm aware of is that he's ever captained a Federation starship like Paul. I need a green screen. I just need to get a green sheet and hang it up so I can do some fun stuff too and just keep people guessing. But alas, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So uh, <laughs> let's talk <laughs> offline about the, the varieties of uh, green screens and what, right? what has yeah. to happen for it to work right. Oh, so yeah. What did I saw a post earlier, um, earlier today about uh, somebody's, uh, what was the deal? Oh, school pictures uh, were on St. Patrick's Day, and and they put everybody in front of a green background Oops. so that they could add whatever in. It was disastrous. Yes. Everybody was wearing green shirts. It was it was hilarious. I Heads are just floating. Yeah, <laughs> I have a propensity for wearing, and especially during the spring, summer, and into fall, wearing Hawaiian shirts. Do you know how hard it is to get a Hawaiian shirt? It doesn't have green in it. Wow. I, I've never tried before. Like traditional Hawaiian shirts, are, you know, they're always green, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. All leaves, man. Green stuff. Yeah, the, the struggle is real. You heard it here first, folks. All right. So if anybody is out there and has uh, links to uh, Hawaiian shirts that don't have green in them, go ahead and uh, put those in the comments so that Paul can get them. Because he needs non-green Hawaiian shirts. All right. So so let's just kind of jump in here. We're going to have some fun. According to what people were saying last year, uh, last year, last week, um, everybody kind of likes it when we just kind of do an open format. and We don't necessarily uh, stick to one topic the whole night, although I do have a topic. But, uh, but we can kind of just see where the night goes to. And that's always how we do it. Uh, it, it's rare that we end the, the night talking about the same topic that we started with. Um, but I just kind of was thinking about this here a while back and thought this would be a great topic to just kind of get into a little bit. Um, and it, it's, it's all about being judgmental because it's, it's fast becoming, you know, such a horrible, horrible thing to, to get labeled as, as being judgmental. Right. I mean, 
I don't want to get into the slap herd around the world. I've I've had enough of the the Will Smith and Chris Rock memes for a while, and all the jokes and everything. However, um, that's an another thing where this kind of jumped back off social media at me again. As you know, don't don't judge people. Um, you know, don't judge Will Smith for defending his wife's honor, or don't judge Jada for for having alopecia, which. Oddly enough, nobody knew what that even was until this week. And oddly enough, the uh, one of the major contributing sponsors to that program, the Oscars, is Pfizer, who has a uh, an alopecia drug in in phase three of of testing right now. It's really weird if you start if you start doing the doing the research and and put on that tinfoil hat. Okay, enough about that. So, just being judgmental, it, it's terrible, right? How dare you judge? How dare you be judgmental? Judge not lest ye be judged, right? Um, and so, so basically, what it, it the kind of the general consensus in society today, in society, in culture, you know, the 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 woke mob, the woke culture, the woke society, is you can't judge people because that's an evil, terrible, bigoted thing to do. You judgmental, mean person. You I can't say what I was about to say. Um, and so with, here's the problem that I have. I'm walking down the sidewalk. It's, it's dark. There's not many streetlights on a given block. And I look up down the street and, uh, down on the corner where the streetlight doesn't work anymore. There is one, but it's, it's burned out or, or shot out, what have you. Uh, there's, there's a group of, of young fellas standing there uh wearing the same clothes that most of today's youth wear but they're dressed like they're thugs now are they thugs it doesn't matter to me here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna look down there i'm going to judge the fact that they look like thugs and i don't care to find out if they really are or not based on my judgment i'm going to change my route either reverse direction, cross the street, do whatever I need to, to not even go down to where they are, right? Part of situational awareness is being judgmental. You have to judge each situation. So I just kind of want to start the night off talking about different situations where being judgmental is actually not only not bad, but, but it could be a good, it could save your life or the group that you're with, you know, your family's lives. Uh, so when it comes to being judgmental, what are some of the other instances where it doesn't make you a bad person to be judgmental? Well, I'll kick this one off. Uh, no, sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, being as far as just being Shooting from the hip, judgmental. Um, I work with cows. <laughs> um, sometimes you can tell by just by straight up attitude, and I, you can put that on uh, human beings, other animals, or anything, because uh, sometimes being judgmental can be a really good thing, mm-hmm. or AKA trusting your gut on things. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to say it. It can keep you out of trouble, or it can get you into trouble. I mean, but most of the time, if you if you listen to that little thing inside of you, 
that's trying to keep you safe, usually that's going to keep you safe. Now, with that being said, as far as the human side of it goes, <clears throat> we are very tricky carbon-based life forms. Knowing that back to Paul over there since he was on the uh, old starship over there. And, uh, but yeah, we are very tricky and complex. So, yeah, I mean, and just to uh, kind of cam off of what you were saying right there uh, with the uh, all the uh, youth wearing the same thing, looking like they're thugs. Now, am I going to take that that threat or situational awareness different, whether I'm in rural America where everybody's just trying to copy everybody, where it's kind of the hip thing versus, say, downtown Chicago, then, yeah, there's a lot of layers to that. I mean, being judgmental, there's there's a definitely a lot of layers to that because I'm not going to treat the same threat in rural Nebraska or Kansas, Oklahoma, you know, name a flyover state. Mm-hmm. Versus someplace big like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, California, you know, or somewhere up in Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, being judgmental is not a bad thing. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. So you, it just kind of depends on where you're at. Sure. Yeah, it, it comes, it's... You, like you, it's it's about situational awareness. It's like if you're walking down the street, you know, you and your kid, or so, or you and your spouse, or just you, it's the middle of July and someone's got a big bulky coat on. I mean, or they look out of place. You want to be a little conscious of that. You don't want to be. So many people walk through your life. They walk everywhere. Their 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 faces buried in their phone. They're not paying attention to what's going on around them. Right and. Like I saw one of one of the scariest things I saw, and it's from from England. But there was like a street security cam, and there was this husband and wife and daughter walking down the street, and some crazy lady just walked up and started stabbing them. Like you gotta How pay can attention. That be? You you can't have a knife in in England. She had a kitchen chef's knife. You no, know, they outlawed those. Butter knife. Yeah. It's a butter knife. You had to blunt the ends. You can't stab with a with mm-hmm. a kitchen knife anymore in England, can you? Mm-hmm. No. For, as far as being judgmental, I, I I avoid walking past women with look what I call Karen hair because I don't want to deal with their their potential too. It's not all about guns. <laughs> Come on, Karens need love too. Come on now. This Saturday, for example, is that every second matters. If I decide to open carry, go to the grocery store. I'm probably not going to go in the line that's got the girl with Karen here in it. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to avoid that part of it. And we would like all the hate mail to please be addressed to defensedad at gmail.com. Or shootingleftofcenter at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That is, you'll get an immediate response. Just send every question, comment, concern you have to shootingleftofcenter at gmail.com. Yes. Yep. Well, ju- just like people look at us, they're judgmental. They look at with the exception of Paul and Pat, like slightly over, well, I guess I'm talking about me, overweight white guy with a beard, you know, and a ball cap in Nebraska, people assume I must That's be all of us. <laughs> oh, except for Pat, he looks that, hungry. That but, yeah. is, is yeah. the prototype Nebraska. 
this no. this is but the modern cowboy hat. hat. This is what we do in Nebraska, right? It's it it, it is it you know it's an accessory. It's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a difference between being judgmental and being flat out racist or avoiding people because you think something else. It's a matter of looking at the situation oh, and making a go. judgment call of what, oh, <laughs> what you want to, Travis, but some of us <laughs> actually have one. Well, well, just because you, you have real cattle switch. to play with, not all of us have real cattle in the backyard. John, there was a blinding <laughs> flash in your oh, camera. God, I'm I'm I don't even have a cowboy hat. I don't need one. My ball cap is fine. It does the same thing. Did so you just judge my bald head, Paul? Sorry. Why would I do that? Uh, if I could just jump in here real quick, a wise person once said, you do you boo boo. Um, was, I'm, was I'm all, I'm all for you do you let me be me. And when we're in public, yeah, I make, I may make snap judgments based on my safety, but I'm all for letting you do whatever the hell you want, unless it interferes with me. Right. So, uh, if you want to dress in orange with purple polka dots and do the boogie woogie to your own beat down the street, good on you, man. Have fun. Uh, unless that happens to interfere with me and my, you know, what I'm doing. No, totally understand. And, and I totally agree. Well, and uh, I'm way more cautious when I, to be honest with you, I'm way more cautious when I have my daughter with me as opposed mm-hmm. to when, when I don't. Because, if something happens to me, it happens to me, but I'm responsible for her life. So, you know. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yep. No, I, I kind of feel the same way, too, when, when I'm alone versus just when it's when it's me and Santil's sweetheart out together. We don't have any any human children of our own. Although, honestly, when I have this four-legged one out in public, I'm actually less aware of my surroundings because she does command so much of my focus uh she's still learning how leashes work and, and everything else and still trying to learn her she's a year old but she's still learning her place in the uh, in the pecking order of the household too uh so so no that that's uh that's a very 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 good point uh i like what jamie brown says out there uh judge my dog judge people on how my dog likes them that is not possible when you're a golden retriever owner because my <laughs> dog has never met anybody that she doesn't like. Uh, in, in fact, I've always joked if she, if anybody breaks into our house and the dog is home, then uh, she's going to offer to show them where all the jewels are, where all the cash is kept. And if they rub her belly, she'll give up the safe code they won't even have to, to crack the safe. So all she needs is, is some belly rubs and maybe a, maybe a, uh, maybe an a ear scratch. Ear, well, ear scratch, belly rub, and a treat or two. There you go. She, she likes these. Hey, just to chime in about the idea of judging people. And again, a lot of this, a lot of the judgments we make, again, it's all, it all depends on our upbringing, depending on how you were raised, you know, what to get involved in, what not to get involved in. That also might be a big part of it. Um, you know, if you see, Two guys kind of get in each other's face. You might instinctively want to go break them up because that's what you did with your buddies, but that might be bad for you, the guy in the middle. So, you know, a lot of it has to do with how you were raised. That really sure. has a lot well, to do with how we judge and what your parents said around you when you were growing up, gonna, what kind of thoughts you have, prejudices, unfortunately, you know. It's going to make a difference on whether or not one of those two guys that's that's about to get into a fight is your buddy or if both of them are. You know, I mean, small town, You you, I, I've seen this time and time again, 
you know, in, in small town Nebraska, and I'm sure small town Nebraska is no different than small town any other 49 states where everybody knows everybody, not everybody gets along with everybody. And sometimes people get to drinking and they decide they are looking for a fight. And if, if the wrong two people show up at the same bar and, and they're, you know, they're both, they're both looking for a fight and, and got a few too many in them, then yeah, it, it's, it's likely to go down. And, and uh, we've all seen that happen. I think uh, a time or two, um, I don't know how it is in big cities because I, I haven't been out with people drinking very much in, in really big towns. Um, but again, that's another situation where I'm probably more likely to, to judge people that I know on, you know, on their threat level versus people that I don't know. I, if I'm in a, in a bar in a big town or an unfamiliar location, I tend to be a little more polite than with people that I know and that know me because I I don't know how they're going to take my comments. I don't know if I'm going to have to try and and de-escalate a situation that in a, in my hometown bar would have never been a situation. You know, so I mean that that makes a difference too. Um and I know that doesn't necessarily go so far as as actually judging people, but it it kind of does. But here's another thing that I want to throw into the mix of the conversation is and, and the the real reason that I want to bring this up overall is because it's it's not just about uh judging people or being judgmental and, and DJ Play Nice has a few uh looks like semantical observations out there in the comments um between you know the differences between the two. But the problem that I see is DJ you you may or may not be spot on uh but in society as a whole and, and generalizing the 330 odd million people in this country now um, that we've counted um, anyway, um, the, the biggest problem here is that they, they don't think things through and DJ, you're a smart guy. We, we know that uh, those of us that have met you or, or been around you in, in different live streams and stuff, you, not everybody puts the thought into everything that, that DJ Play Nice does. And so the general public is not only being conditioned to not be judgmental towards people, because I, I agree if, if, you, uh, if, if you look at people and you judge them based on, based on certain things like, you know, the, the things that are beyond their control, skin color, ethnicity, uh, physical impairments, anything like that. Yeah, if, if you judge somebody and then treat them in, a, in an unfair manner uh, because of that, then yeah, you're a dick. There's no other way to say it, right? Um, I know it's my show, though. I'll break my own rules. Uh, but, but that's just the thing, though. But here's the problem is people are so afraid of getting labeled a racist of getting labeled a a phobe fill in the blank phobe that um the uh the general population is getting dumbed down we're so afraid of getting called judgmental that judgment itself is becoming a lost art and the ability to make judgments to to assess a situation and make a judgment on a given situation and and we can call it common sense or applying common sense right applying logic and reasoning and critical thought 
to a situation based on our judgments, that's going away. That's getting dumbed out of America. And partly because we're so afraid that we we might be judgmental towards somebody. And we, again, generalization, not necessarily anybody on this panel, not necessarily you out there listening, um, but just society as a whole in, in America today uh, is getting dumbed down a lot of different ways. And one of them is we keep getting told don't be judgmental, you know, don't be prejudiced, uh, which is different than being, uh, being racist or, or anything like that. The prejudice, again, prejudice is simply the lens of your own experience through which you view life. And and, and that's all it is. I mean, if, if you, it's, it's funny, we, we're not supposed to be prejudiced either. Um, but then you, you come across a dog and and the owner says, oh, well, sh- she doesn't like men because she was abused by a man. Okay, that dog is prejudiced against men. Is it a bad thing? No, that dog has very good reason for the prejudice that she has because there was a man in her, in her past that abused her, okay? There are human beings that are in the same boat that, that don't trust one gender or another because they've been done wrong by somebody of that, that gender or that ethnicity or that race or whatever it is, it is a fact of life. Now, you don't get to discriminate. That's the word I was looking for. Prejudice is okay. Discrimination is bad. Discrimination is the unfair treatment of somebody based on these things. Uh, so you you might you might be a, a woman who does not like men, and I'm not talking about sexual preference. Just doesn't like men at all because of past experiences. But if you are the working in, in human resources for a company, that doesn't mean that you can only hire women for that company, right? You can't, you can't not hire somebody based on their gender. That's, that's against the law. We have laws against that for a reason, right? So that's the differential there. Um, as far as being judgmental, yeah, we're, we're the society that I see the trend is, is that we get away from, uh, or we're getting away from, from even learning how to be judgmental, even learning how to be a better word, I suppose would be discerning. Okay. Now, again, we can split hairs on, on the better words, but the fact of the matter is the general population is using judgment as the buzzword. So we're going to use judgment in here as a catch all for all of these different terms, but that's what's happening. And so do you guys see that? Am I, should I put the tinfoil hat on next? I mean, is it just me? No, I I think you got a lot of good points there on that one. Um, I'm just chiming in for that. I just, yeah, a lot of the same things running through my mind too on that. Nope. And out there in the, uh, out there in the comments, we've got a few, a few good comments out there. Rich White. Hey, what's up, Rich? Um, it's not just happening in America. This is a Western civilization problem. This crap started in Europe and spread to here across the Atlantic. Clint is out there. I have not seen Mr. Taurus in quite a while. I love that name. Best name ever. Still best name ever for a screen name. General public is generally stupid. They've been taught by Marxists in government schools that don't even teach the basics and bombarded by straight propaganda 24 seven. And I tell you what, it's getting worse and I don't even have a kid in the school system, and I'm not even the resident expert on the school system on this panel tonight. 
But if I defer to the tactical teacher, I'm pretty sure that, again, generally speaking, Travis isn't going to refute that. Well, again, I, I'm not in these classes where this propaganda is being pushed or taught. You know, we see remote instances of it here and there. Um, my experience is that I don't see that personally, but a lot of people seem to, and we see examples of it. So I don't know. It's, no, it's I, I, see, I see from, again, I'm on the outside looking in because yeah. I, I'm not involved in any school system. Mm -hmm. I see a twofold issue here. Number one, sometimes it is, um, it's not the curriculum, it's the teacher. Yeah. And, and it's the teacher, um, you know, I think overstepping their bounds. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And um, indoctrinating based on their own personal uh, political beliefs instead of just mm -hmm. just teaching the kids. And but we do see in more and more school um, districts that the curriculum itself is getting changed. Um, and, and finally, you know, as bad as this sounds, COVID may have been one of the best things to happen to the next generation or for the next generation because with remote learning way more parents paid attention than they ever did before and and that's not a bad thing i'm i'm sorry that so many people got sick and and died whether and i don't care if it was planned or not or whatever but it it sucks that that covid happened no matter whose fault it was or if it was nobody's fault it's good. The, the silver lining of that cloud is that people are paying attention to what their kids are being taught. Look how many legislations have come about in different states um, just since the, the COVID started up because parents are now paying attention. Look how many people have decided to get off their butts and run for school board and and or run for city council or, or what have you and, and actually be involved in their local governments because their eyes got opened and and if it wasn't locally that their eyes got opened they decided it ain't gonna happen here so we're gonna nip it in the bud before it ever starts well yeah. i mean say, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Well, well so i saw recently i can't remember what state it was but there's this state that they're trying to introduce legislation where it's illegal for the schools to teach anything about sexuality or or gender identity from K through third, and then the parents, so a lot of the parents' organizations are protesting it and everything else. Like we become so woke as a society that 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 you're like that has no business being taught. And that that kind of stuff I don't think belongs in the schools. Yeah, that's Florida, Ron DeSantis. Uh, yeah, yeah, forward and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally with you on that defense, Dad. I mean, little kids, their brains are not developed. They do not have the capacity to understand what sexuality and everything is. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there's no use flooding their minds with all this crap at that young of age. Read well, it, yeah. It, it's school. Sure, and, and the opponents of the bill call it the don't say gay law, which... Yeah. Anybody that calls it the don't say gay law uh, hasn't read it because the word gay is not in it. And, and it has nothing to do with gay or trans or bi or any of the rainbow things. It doesn't have anything to do with straight either. It just says that those kids don't need to hear about sexuality or sex at that age. And, and it's a state law in Florida that schools can't teach anything about sexuality 
uh, prior to fourth grade at least. Uh, now, does that mean that the the teacher that I saw interviewed that's so worried that he can't even tell his cla- his kindergarten students that that he has a partner at home? You know, when they see pictures up on the wall of of his summer vacation, him and his partner. Uh, and he was worried, you know, there's a, a, at least one of his students has two moms. And what does he tell the kids when they come up? Well, you don't teach them sexuality. Here's what you say. I'll make it easy for all of you who aren't sure what to say. Make it easy. Um, some families have a mom and a dad. Some families have a mom or a dad. Some families have moms. Some families have dads. You know what? That shouldn't be enough for a five-year-old right there. Oh, Okay. Some 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 kids have two moms. Some kids have a mom and a dad. Okay, yep. Go play. You know, here's your shovel. Go get in the in the sandbox. Five year olds aren't going to say, "Well, how do they have sex together?" No. And if a five year old knows about that, it's because somebody put it in their head already. Five year olds yep. don't don't know about that. Let them be innocent for as long as they can, please. And, and that's another thing that's happening is the, the innocence is getting taken away from the, the young people earlier and earlier, uh, especially with the Internet and and just the the ease of access to all things sexual on the Internet. Uh, you know, it, it used to be that what the, the junior high kids heard about it from the high schoolers. Right. And, and then it became, well, the middle schoolers heard about it from the junior high kids. Well, now the kindergartners can go online and, and learn about it on their own. And yeah, we, we don't, I don't think that, that it's the school's job to teach that kind of stuff in kindergarten through third grade either. I, I agree with, with the idea. I agree with the law. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't say you have a partner any more than it, it, it mean, you know, you could, you can say you have a husband or a wife, you can say you have a, a you know, a, a life partner, whatever it is, whether it's same sex, different sex, none of that matters. And none of it should matter to a five-year-old. They're still they're still a, a a blank slate, you know. They're still getting getting all of their input to figure out the world. So, yeah, the, all they need to know is some families are different than than other families as far as who makes them up, and yeah. and that should I I don't know a five-year-old that's going to start digging into the nuance of what it means to have two dads versus a dad and a mom. I really don't. I've never met a five-year-old that can wrap their head around anything more than, well, yeah, you know, Justin's got a mom and a dad and Trevor's got two moms. Okay. Good for Trevor. Good for Justin. Go play. Okay. Yeah. At that age, they need to be learning how to read, how to write, how to tell time with a clock. You know, it's, 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 they don't need to be, let them have their innocence as long as they can, because there's enough crap in this world they're going to deal with when they get old enough and start having questions. And even then, I, I like that law that it's up to the parents to decide if they're willing to have have a, that stuff, you know, exposed to them. Exactly. At that age, they need to be worried about: is the Triceratops the most cool dinosaur, or is the Velociraptor more cool than that? <laughs> we all know it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's the Ankylosaur. Case closed. <laughs> Well, and off of the school part of it, you know, we say, you know, as far as using judgment, like I am a career salesperson. I've always been taught not to judge people. Mm-hmm. And that's true to an extent, but being, maybe I have a little advantage. I've been in sales long enough. I can pretty much assess someone in the first less than a minute of, you know, their intentions, that sort of thing, just because you, you learn to read people. And maybe people aren't going to be that exposed as I am, but 
you, you when you when you're introduced to someone you can get a pretty good sense of what kind of person they are in not very long and when it comes down to what could potentially affect your life you need to learn how to do that stuff a little faster than the average person does no yep you're you're yeah and as a somebody that works in sales i agree uh tara smith's kitchen has a, a good comment we went too far the other way teachers making lgbt kids life such hell they drop out wasn't right either being kicked off the team for even rumors was wrong eight-year-olds don't need conversion on sex i agree i agree that needs to be again now here's here's the double-edged sword i don't think it's the school's job to teach that stuff okay i think it's the parent's job to teach them at that age however you know we we say this right we're like we don't we don't want this being taught in schools but then look at their home life who's teaching them who do they have so well, the internet and video games and movies yeah, some, and mass media and music and you know adult, hollywood sets a great example for them right, right? But there the only parents around anymore yeah the only <laughs> adult that has a vested interest in their life is is only in their life from nine to three thirty and it's their teacher and some kids if if they didn't get that that emotional validation from their teacher they wouldn't get it anywhere and and we know that that's sometimes is the case too so i think it's a double-edged sword because we complain so much about how it's not the teacher's job to raise the kids and you know what the the this would all go away if the parents actually would do their job in the first place well, the teachers have enough of a job trying to get their learning content across to the kids and help them with their grades and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, you got I my daughter's in middle school and man, I I hear some of the stuff that she hears some of the other kids say. Like it's like a lot of these parents don't even bother to ask them how their damn day was. It's it's crazy. Right. Exactly. And I'll chime in on this one too. Um uh I'll put it this way. My mom and dad were great. All the way through when I was in high school and elementary, they always helped me with, you know, my homework and everything. But uh, there was one little part they were uh, lacking in, and this isn't a dig on them by any stretch of the imagination or anything. I'm, I'm not calling them out or anything. But when it came to getting back, looping back around to the sex talk and everything, you know, they were pretty tight-lipped about it. Now, that being said, back in their day, you know, that was kind of, you know, kind of hush-hush, you know, tight-lipped kind of thing, you know, but, and they started teaching, you know, the kind of differences between the male and the female in home class and everything, which was very basic. I mean, very basic. So, it's it's got to fall back to the parents, especially just being plain lazy. Those parents, if, if they want to raise their kids right and have them grown up in a civilized society and with their heads screwed on straight, they've got to be a part of their lives. I mean, that's just... Plain and simple. They just can't just walk in the door and sit down on their freaking cell phones and this, yeah. That, so, too. so what we're seeing is it, it's a case of parents. If you're not willing to raise your kids, there's a whole crop of educators who seem to be willing to to yeah. raise them for you. 
it's to the point now, and again, this is this isn't necessarily nationwide. In certain in certain instances, it looks to me like like there are. I don't know if it's the teachers themselves or if it's the the school district, uh, but they they seem to think they can do a better job than parents can. And uh, as far as raising the kids and that they can make better decisions for the kids than the parents can. And there may be the occasional kid that comes through that that's true. I don't think it's true as a whole. And I don't think that, again, that I don't think that's the case in every district or even most districts. But we're not we're not seeing we're not talking about an issue that's happening in most districts, because if we were, it's already too late. That that would be the norm. Right. We're, we're talking about instances that we we don't want to see things spread and, and go too far. Uh, and, and again, you know, we the, to talk about sexuality is a very adult topic and, and there needs to be a, a distinct part of the kid's life where they're where they're shielded from that and, and they get to retain their innocence. And it's it's tragic any time that that innocence is ripped out of a kid's life. At, at too young of an age because of things that have happened to them or things that they've seen or, or what have you. Um, and I, I know some instances in, you know, my own circle of, of, of friends and loved ones where people that, that are, you know, young adults or, or even not all that young adults are still dealing with, with the, the repercussions of things that they saw happen or had happened to them as, as children, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey to get past some of that stuff. So if we can, we can avoid that as much as we can. I'm all for that too. Um, but again, I mean, I, I just, I don't, this is just me talking personally. Now I don't have a problem with if, if I got a kid in Travis's class and Travis has somebody that he's been seeing and Travis wants to talk about, you know, a, a trip that they went on to, to, uh, you know, the the pyramids in in Mexico, right? I mean, cool. You you took you took the person that you're seeing right now with you. That's okay, right? I draw the line though at Travis deciding that he wants to volunteer the information. You know, they they had the same hotel room or they slept in the same bed or whatever. That's not the kid's business. And, and I know Travis, you're not going to overshare that, right? You're not going to no, tell. No, and I do. I do want to see say something. A lot of what you see that gets picked up on mass media and social media is the teacher overstepping their professional bounds. You know, we're told when you read mm-hmm. the teacher handbook, if you present a controversial issue, first of all, it should be a classroom that fosters that kind of environment that allows for a fair discussion. Mm-hmm. Second, you're supposed to present both sides of the issue, not your personal bias. And third. You're supposed to keep your personal life out of the classroom. Now, I mean, if somebody would ask me, are you married or you're not married? You can Google search me and find that out. All right. Those things are public record, you know. Sure. Um, and, but I don't want to go out of my way to discuss those things or talk about it. I say, oh, yeah, you know, my wife and I took a trip a couple of years ago to Mexico. And if the kids want more details, where'd you guys say? Did you go sleep in the same? I'm not going to go there. I mean, right. I, I know better than that because I know what kids will do with it and what they can turn it into and what they can do with it. So, I mean. That's just the problem is a lot of teachers don't think before they speak, they just, or they get their own political idea. You know, they, they, they want to throw that on everybody just because for whatever reason, they feel like the world needs to know that they voted for this candidate or that candidate. It really is the teacher, in my opinion, overstepping their professional bounds. So, I mean, I, when it gets I to the think... point where you can't even talk about what you did last weekend, you know, it's like, well, what would you do last weekend? Oh, I played the Xbox. Great. I mean, that's going to get me written up. That's ridiculous. Right. Sure. But I think it should be the nature of the content. And, and I just, I know better than that. And maybe that's just my years of experience. 
you got a lot of young teachers that don't think that post stuff on Facebook to get them in trouble. So, you know, who knows? Well, part of what you said, you, you, what I think you just hit on the head. You're old enough. You have experience. Like I'm not a teacher. I'm not even teaching, but I have, a, I have kids and I've been to enough parent teachers conferences over the years that I deal with younger teachers compared to older teachers. And the, the ones that are, we have had a couple teachers with both with my stepson growing up and now my daughter that were younger and they're, you can tell they're very liberal and they're very, very much believe in the stuff, but they talk about stuff that they've been doing in the class, even to let us know what projects they're doing. And I feel it has no bearing on what they're doing in science class. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You're talking about that stuff. So I, yeah. I have had more of a problem with more, more younger, That's... very eager, very, less experienced teachers, I think as you yeah. grow older, you get a little more common sense about what you should do. Well, even when I was younger, I, if there was something I, I just thought, you know, do I really want these kids talking about this? Why did, first of all, it's not even relevant to the content I teach. So why do they need to know about my personal life? It has nothing to do with what I teach, you know? Right. Right. So if it doesn't, I don't bring it up. If somebody wants to talk about something political or religious, if it doesn't deal with my content area, we're not going to discuss it because I'm not trained in that kind of discussion. And second, it's not the environment for it. Well, you know, I don't I'm not going to moderate that that discussion in my class. Sorry, not, you know. not even just sexuality, Travis. If somebody came up to you in school and wanted Who'd to you ask you about I'm not going to discuss it with you guys. Yeah, it's that right? simple. Yeah, just, if somebody came up to you in school and asked about gun stuff. You're not going to have that conversation no. either. No, I won't. And, and for one thing, you know, doing what I do on the side, this has nothing to do with my job during the day. And so mm -hmm. therefore, I won't take up the taxpayer's time talking about something that has nothing to do with the reason why I'm being paid to be in that classroom. So they can go do whatever they want outside of school. I'll be happy to discuss something outside of school, but I'm not going to discuss it during school. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not relevant to what we're doing. It's not why we're here. Now, if a lot of more, if more teachers would just stay focused in that kind of a mindset, you would have less issues. And I, I still, it blows my mind what people say in the classroom or tell kids, you know, whether it was about voting for this candidate or COVID or whatever, it's just like, I would never bring that out there just because of the repercussions it can have. And maybe these people don't care. Maybe they don't know how to think as teachers. Maybe they just don't understand what it means to be a professional. doesn't mean I don't get emotional or political or in the teacher work when we don't discuss heavy issues. But I mean, you know, I, I just don't understand it. So, yeah. Well, and, and too, I mean, a lot of what I'm seeing is with, with no disrespect intended to, to you, Travis, the, the teachers that we see interviewed all the time on, on different news programs that have a problem with people having a problem with what they say in the classroom if that hopefully that no, makes sense yeah it makes they're, sense yeah. they're yeah. younger they're younger than you they're the next crop of teachers that came mm -hmm. along after you they're not your your uh, peers that are your age or older as again yeah exception to every rule but for the most part we're seeing a younger class of teachers who again they got a whole different education than what you and i did you know 30 40 years ago being in the school system and so that has a lot to do with it too. This has been again incremental over time. This is not something that's just all of a sudden, you know, bam, it's 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 this just instantly mm -hmm. new, right? Because when you try to do something like that, we all rail against it. But over the years, what has become acceptable has been, you know, it, it's been a sliding scale for a long time. And so it's just the next thing now that uh, uh, apparently some of the parents are finally fed up and they said, okay, this is, this is maybe the straw that's going to break the camel's back here. We're not willing to, to let it go this far. We want to back this train up a little bit and back to where it used to be a little bit. Um, 
And so, I mean, I, I completely, completely have seen some of this stuff just, again, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the school system. I don't have kids in school. And, and I'm not even, you know, I, I don't have a, how do I say this? The kids that, that I am close to that are in school, I'm not that close to them. They don't live in the same town as me. I don't see them that often. So I don't always know what's going on, you know, in school with them. And, and I know, I know a lot of teachers and I've got a lot of family who are teachers. Um, and so, I mean, I, I hear some of the stories that they tell too about how hard it's getting to, to be a teacher. It's never been this hard to be a teacher either and navigate the current political climate of of the school system and dealing with the parents and the administration and and dude the fact that you have figured out how to navigate that particular minefield is is amazing and again it's just one more thing that goes to show that the teachers that you know um most of the teachers that you know they're not doing this for a paycheck they're not they're not doing it just to get paid the you, Travis, I know your passion is to teach kids. It's the only thing that makes it worth it all, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I love doing what I do and helping these kids discover, you know, like if you know my, my subject area, it's it's what I really enjoy doing and helping them mm -hmm. take up love for something and be able to see the world and communicate with other people. They couldn't do that before. And, and just, you know, mm -hmm. um, but again, if, if more teachers, I think, would just stick to the content that they're teaching and not let their personal agendas or beliefs interfere with that instruction. Yeah. You wouldn't, I don't think you'd, you'd have that problem. Or if they would think a little bit more before they would speak, you would get less events where the parents get upset or the teacher ends up on social media. It's just, it's, I don't understand. Again, it just boggles my mind. Why can't you just say to yourself this, what I'm about to say, it really has no place in this classroom. Maybe it's yeah. my content area. I don't teach in a controversial topics. And I don't teach, I don't teach English. I don't teach science. I don't teach, I don't teach history. So the content area I have is very, very black and white. It's very. Do you, do you, you know, think you could approach the uh, the public schools uh, system and just see if you could maybe start to offer a, a critical thinking class? Because you'd be good at. Th <laughs> well, I, I always thought uh, anthropology classes would be cool to offer at the high school level because they make you think: Why do people do what they do and behave the way that they do? I always thought that because right. it really those are some of the first mind opening courses I ever took in college that make you think. You lose your personal biases and just strictly look at a functional perspective. Why do people do what they do? Why is they? Why do they act this way or behave that way? It makes you take a step back. And uh, I always thought that'd be kind of fun if, if more high schools would offer anthropology. So, I tell uh, you, I will, I'll tell you one thing. I've noticed I have less problems with teachers being judgmental now that my daughter's in public school because all the way through uh, elementary school she went to a Christian school, right? Mm -hmm. And she was one of the few kids with divorced parents in the school. I literally had a parent-teachers conference. I was there with my ex-wife. My daughter was struggling in math because it was common core math, and neither one of us learned how to do that. So we were having to YouTube and Google how to teach her. She was struggling with it. And she literally made the comment, well, I know children of broken homes tend to have a lot of issues at home, so I understand she's having issues. And I... My ex-wife no, literally no, had to no. hold me back because I stood up like, what the hell? Gee, that's, no, um, no. And I was about to go off on a church teacher. But yeah, like it's you get some some teachers in those. The, I've had I, they get on their high well, horse about that sort of stuff. I've had better luck with my local public school teacher than I did at the school teacher that at the school that was getting paid once a month for tuition. 
you're automatically saying that kid doesn't have potential because they don't come from a traditional two-parent home. Like, that matters. Right. But There's we're talking about judgment. You know. We're talking about judgment tonight. And that's yeah, I'm, judgment no, I'm just I saying that, that to even think that as an educator is so wrong. I mean, you can look at the data, and the data might suggest certain trends. But to sit there and say, well, I know your kid can't understand this because, well, you know, you don't have that support system at home. Are you saying that kid's not capable of doing it themselves? Yeah, I literally most of these, kid, most of these kids are raising themselves anyway. Look around, you know. Yeah, Good I God, literally stood up more credit. Yeah, I was like, that has nothing to do with it. You're teaching her how to do this math when I can do it in four steps. It takes 14 to do it the way you're supposed to teach. Yeah, I never understood. I stay. I can barely bounce yeah. my checkbook, so that's why I, I, I actually I, had to, I literally had to walk out of the room on that one. Yeah, no. See, it's it's things like that. Why would you comment on their personal life at home? I mean, why? And let the parent. If the parents want to share that with you. That all they're struggling because you know that's fine. That's coming from the parents. That's that's their choice. Again, so so I'm going to just solidify my position because the more I listen and the more you guys talk, the more I think. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take a firm stance on the fact that it is the individual teachers more often than not, and not the districts. So far, as long as we can keep some of the some of the critical theory and that kind of stuff uh, out of curriculums, but individual teachers now. Again, these are individual teachers that are no different than a lot of the left-leaning lawmakers and just mouthpieces across social media or traditional media these days that think that they know better than you what's good for you. And they think that they can make better decisions for your kid. These teachers in question, they think that they can make better decisions for your kid than you can. And so, therefore, they are justified in inserting themselves into your life because it's for your own good or your kid's own good. And it's better that they do it than that they don't in their mind. Yeah, um, We see that with lawmakers. We're we're seeing it now with teachers. Yeah. Uh, since we're on the whole situation with the teachers and the stuff that's being uh, taught in the classrooms and everything, I'd like to go back to a uh, previous uh, chat post on here that Paul put down um, on what, when he was uh, 13, that, uh, you know, what was his, uh, what, what, what made you feel that way? The, yeah, when I was 13 years, the the previous, I was replying to DJ. He right. said that that his uh, he was able, the, his district was able to opt out of uh, yep. certain health classes yep. dealing with productivity for students. I just replied that I wish my parents, when I was 13, would have opted me out of that. Some of that stuff when I was shown movies in that part of health class at 13, I, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I still am scared. And I'm yeah. in my fifties now. That's, that's still, I think back to that. Ew. You wake up uh, every now and then in a cold sweat. Just yeah. Um, <laughs> people, I don't know that I would want to watch that same movie now as a, as a supposedly well-adjusted adult. Um, uh, and to subject 13 and, and, and year olds to that. No, thank you. I, I, I don't think that should have, should be done, but yeah. it was, it is. Um, and, and when time came, yeah, I, I opted my kids out when, when 
there was an opportunity to opt my kids out of that in the public school. Well, and we're 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 seeing more and more people opt out of of public schools, um, mostly for that reason, right? I mean, why else would you pay for your kid to go to school when, you know, you don't have to pay extra? How do I say it right? I know that public school is not free either, but you don't have the extra tuition cost to to send a kid right. to public school. You've already paid for public school. Yeah, I mean, we're all paying for public school, and and you're doing your part when you pay your taxes, and and thank you for that. Uh, now, well, Rich has a great point. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, um, that it's it's not only public school educators that indoctrinate children. Uh, on his show uh, last Sunday, they covered a story out of Georgia where a private school was getting seniors to vote Democrat. And I remember hearing something yeah. about a story like that too. Rich, I'm sorry I didn't catch the show, uh, but I do remember hearing something about that. And then G's got another good question. If no one questions them when they blame the system or the family or the circumstances, then they don't have to critique their abilities or techniques, eh? So, well, we're still held accountable from our colleagues and administrators and our evaluators and our students and parents. I mean, there's still True. somewhat, it depends on the environment. You might be in an environment where that kind of thing is encouraged by your uppers and stuff, but you're still- But again, if, if you, you know, can, uh, if you can, can sell people as a whole on the fact that, you know, it's, it's the something- something outside the classroom's fault then what goes on inside the classroom is is off the hook it, you know again it's not necessarily true but it's the perception or at least it's their perception uh and and keep in mind too that there you know that good and well there's a few of these people out there that that 100 are cognizant of what they're doing i mean it, it's not that that they're unaware uh, some of this is on purpose uh, is it is it rare? I hope so. I hope it's only a few. But some of these people got themselves into the school system and, and they they love the fact that they can shape and mold these little minds. And, and they take advantage of the fact that they can shape and mold these little minds to the shape that they want them in. Uh, instead of teaching the kids how to think, they want to teach the kids what to think, right? We've complained about that here before. Uh, so So that being the case, I mean... You know, it's we've we've got to just be cognizant of that fact. We've got to be watchful for that, right? Because these these people are also going to be the ones that'll deflect every chance they get. And if if you're mad, if you come in mad that little Timmy heard about you know um, sexuality in in second grade, that second grade teacher could very well be good enough at what they do. To, to make you feel bad and guilty on the way out the door that it's your own fault that Timmy knows about sex and and uh, they're just trying to steer Timmy in the right direction now. So, I mean, again, is, is that happening very often? Gosh, I sure hope not. Uh, can you say that it never happens? Uh, no. No, we can't say that it, that it never happens. We can't let that become common either. Um is is my point there um all right yes jamie brown very great comment it's okay for the teacher to have a different point of view than you as a parent you have to raise your kids to think for themselves it's all on the parents and again that that would be true in a utopian society but the fact of the matter is uh parents drop the ball consistently these days and it's not all on the parents 
So and, and what a teacher says and does in the class can have a huge impact over how that kid thinks and the decisions they make and what they decide to do with the rest of their lives. That's yeah. why it's a huge responsibility to be conscious of what you're saying in the classroom at all times. And now the good you know? teachers realize that the good teachers understand the gravity, uh, you know, the weight that, that that responsibility places on them. And well, I guess some of the bad teachers understand that too, maybe, but but yeah, I, I I appreciate the teachers who the students don't know what political party they belong to. I appreciate the the teachers that the students don't know how the teacher feels on a given social topic because if it comes up at all in class, they're they remain objective or they teach objectively anyway, no matter what they feel because you and, and gosh, Christian teachers have been teaching the theory of evolution for years you're right against against maybe not against their will but against their better judgments but it's what you have to teach yeah i went to catholic school we learned both you know we learned sure. creation theory and we learned evolution the biology teacher said look this is what people believe i'm teaching it to you because in college they're gonna expect you to know it yeah. you go you've also got your religion classes you go to and they'll teach you what the well, Bible teaching says. kids you know nobody had a problem with school, it I went to only, school. yeah only teaching kids creation is just as dangerous, I think, as only teaching evolution. I mean, yeah, kids need to know that the world is, especially if you're in a parochial school, kids need to learn that the world is not the same as, as what the what the church is, is going to teach them well, in the school. And I'll say it's if a lot of parochial schools call themselves college prep, I mean, they, they are probably going to function, they're probably going to be the, the science, math, English and history type of high schools. That's what mine was. That's why we got the biology teaching, you know, and physics and chemistry and the sciences and so on. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, really kind of depends on the environment, but if you send your kids to one of those schools, you know, you should probably have an idea as to what they teach and how they teach it. So. <laughs> yeah. But like you yeah, said, I mean, that's on the parents to do the due diligence. Many times it is a teacher overstepping their bounds. We mentioned that earlier, but also parents, you should have an active, maybe just an active interest in the curriculum your kids are learning. And if you object to it, you have every right to go to a school board meeting to call a curriculum director to set up a, you're a taxpayer. You have every right to do those things. I would if I had children in the system and I disagreed with the curriculum. I mean, and that may or may not change anything, but well, I mean, that's like you said with, with COVID having that effect that parents now suddenly saw, oh my God, this is what they teach my kids every day. Sure. You know, I, I understand that. I understand that. And that, that, that was a wake up call for a lot of, a lot of parents. I'll, I'll you know? tell you too, as, as a kid yeah. growing up, I mean, okay, let's, uh, I guess this is the segment of the show where John does a little therapy here and I get some stuff off my chest that I've never really even talked about before. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw either one of my parents under the bus here, but as a kid growing up, my parents thought they were doing the right thing. They would divide and conquer when it came to school activities. Mom would go, dad was ranching. He would stay home and, and, you know, work cattle or, or, or hay or farm, whatever he was doing at the time. Uh, very rarely did dad actually take the time off to go to a school function as well, um, unless it was in the evening, but, you know, speech meets, things like that. Uh, it was always mom that went. Now, as a kid growing up, I can tell you, I would have given almost anything for my dad to even know what events I did in speech. Because uh, he just didn't. It, it's, he didn't not go because he didn't care. But I can tell you that my dad didn't care enough about speech that he cared what events I even did. But I know he was proud if I came home with a medal. And when it came to honors night, you know, if, if I read my speech off or whatever, and he was there, I mean, I, I know he appreciated it. But at the same time, you know, my dad was 
was raised by people that survived the the Great Depression, right? I mean, if you can if you can work, if you can make money, then you make money. You put it away. It's work, 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 and it's also part of the agricultural uh, mindset. Is you know you don't work nine to five. Uh, you don't work five days a week or even six days a week and expect to make a living, right, Pat? So, it, exactly. yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying that if you can get away, your kids will appreciate it more than they'll ever realize. Uh, or if you can't get away, then just have them tell you all about it when they get home. Yep. Well, uh, I, can, I can tell you from experience, though, uh, sometimes you do rely on the teachers to tell you what's going on because – being the father of a preteen right now, like trying to get out of them how what they did at school that day and what happened is like pulling teeth. Like I picked my daughter from school and I'm like, hey, yeah. pumpkin, how was school today? I don't know. It was just normal. Like, but what did you do? Well, we didn't get to play four score at, at, at lunch because the boys were all fouling everybody out. I'm like, that's great, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on in your science class, your math class. Just, just check our Google Classroom page. It's all there for you, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> Put the app on your phone, log into her account, and you can see exactly what she's doing that day at that time. So, right. Done. And my point done. is some parents don't yeah. do that stuff. And, it, and it's it's like work trying to figure out how the day was. So I can see sometimes where they don't they don't do the effort. But, man, it's important to figure out what the hell's going on in your kid's life. But, yeah, the, the older yeah. they get, the less they want to talk about their day at school when you pick them up. Yeah. All right. I just want to acknowledge the fact that life's been good in the chat <laughs> and we're going to leave it at that <laughs> yep there, there's there's yep. a little joe walsh happening out there in the chat yep. right now we see it yep. but we're we're gonna keep moving here um look man i'm just an ordinary wow. yeah, guy yeah, okay just... g webs again the, what what do they say these days he's spitting uh he makes a great point um people who choose to live on farms and grow their own food or whatever should consider just moving to a city and buying food at the store, like modern people. Pat, have you ever thought about just uh, getting all your food from the grocery store instead of growing it? I mean, honestly, you you complain about how hard the work is when you could just go to the store and buy it. And I think it's a little pathetic that that you whine about this all the time. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Uh, doesn't he doesn't he grow his own food though? Doesn't he raise his own food? Yeah, of all people to say that, <laughs> Gwebs is, is so self sufficient. Hundred percent, he's yeah. way more organic than we are. So even Gwebs, it's, it's hilarious that he would say that. Organic, For those of you that don't know, yes, that's a hundred percent tongue in cheek on both of our parts, Gwebs yeah. and me both. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, as far as the farming and everything goes, uh, yeah, I, I know I know G Webs enough that I, I can tell where there's satire <laughs> and everything, but but no, uh, as far as when the farming thing and everything comes in, uh, we raise our own beef and everything like that. We we plant our own gardens and stuff. We do potatoes and garlic and onion, tomatoes, basil, and all that stuff. And yeah, no, it's yeah, it's harder. It is, but guess what? When I can go out to that garden and I can go pick anything out of there or I can go to my deep freeze when we've had stuff slaughtered and everything, there's a well, sense of accomplishment. When there's a shortage on wheat products in the near future because Ukrainian here. farmers aren't able to uh, produce as much as what they typically would, uh, it, there are going to be worldwide ripples from that. I mean, and they keep saying expect a food shortage. So those of you that have the ability 
to grow your own anything if you know how to can stuff and and plan for the future i mean how many years did did preppers get uh painted with the the brush of being paranoid right i mean why why do you go through all that trouble what are you really worried about and this this kind of stuff covid the fact that grocery stores are shut down the fact that ukrainian farmers are busy dodging missiles and and they can't they can't uh, get a wheat crop out you know all that kind of stuff you never know what's going to happen the the sword of damocles is over all of our heads at all times we never know just how fragile our existence really is and and i don't know if you guys have ever seen this but there's a post that floats around social media that says um you know having uh having peace and sleeping sleeping well in and uh in your in your bed at night you know those aren't the normal worldwide things that's that's anomalous across the world uh so many people across the world don't know what it's like to to have enough and and to have let alone a surplus like we do here here in the US and uh we're always just one bad decision away from living in a war torn society just like the middle east has been for the last several thousand years right so i mean yeah we we need to appreciate the fact that we complain a lot here but uh, this still is the best country we still are better off than than most everybody else on the planet i mean this is the only country that i can think of where even our poor people are overweight um and so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got a lot of things going wrong, but we've got a lot more things going right. Uh, so I kind of want to end just on, on a high note. We're going to, um, yeah, G-Webs, that's true. The, the new generation are accustomed to having enough all the time, and, and they've never had to do without. And, and part of that is just the way that we've, we've become as a society. You know, we get that instant gratification. I want to order something. Look, I've got two-day shipping or same-day shipping. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to wait the six to eight weeks that it used to take to get a package when I, when I mailed off my order form and it, and, and it took a week to get there and then they had to process it. And, you know, several weeks later they, they get it mailed out and it takes another week to get to me. And yeah, that used to be just the way things were, uh, even in my lifetime. And so, yeah, well, you're, you're right. G webs. Um, we, well, uh, now you don't, you don't even have to. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon me. Uh, if you didn't go buy groceries, you can hit Grubhub and have dinner there to your house in an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, my my boss earlier this morning was complaining about um, one of his one of his son's friends. Uh, they, they were laughing about it, laughing, grumbling. Somebody thought it would be funny to to uh, what was it, DoorDash. Uh, a can of cat food to his buddy. It was a 99 cent can of cat food. Probably cost him 25 bucks to get it done. Yeah. You know, and, and it, I mean, yeah. And then we were, you know, just lamenting, oh, to be 18 and not have any bills to pay. Uh, you know, and, and I, and then I'm thinking, well, even to be 42 and not have any bills to pay, which I, I don't need to be 18. Any, well, on, on the note of kids being used to having enough or having an abundance of stuff, but you still, as a parent, got to teach them the right way to do it. Like, you still got to say, like my, the other day we ordered my daughter, she needed some some summer clothes, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I ordered her quite a few clothes, and then the very next day, she's like, oh, and I need this and this. Like, but some people don't have their conversation with their kid. Like, well, okay, you know, you need some more stuff, but I've got to wait till payday before we order more stuff. You know what I mean? There's just, I make a decent living, but I can't just buy everything every time I want to. Otherwise, I'd have more guns than I have. Right, but exactly. People don't have those tough conversations with their kids either. They just tell them to shut up or go away or don't talk to me about it. Right, and I'm like. Well, no, it's, I, it's I, I need to get a paycheck before we buy some stuff. It's easier for a lot of people to buy their kids off and, and try to buy their affection or buy their obedience than it is to put in the work, which yeah. is the, the only way that you can actually make an impact in your kid's life, right? Otherwise, you teach them that money fixes all problems. Then you get into the the mindset where you know we we see so many corrupt politicians or corrupt celebrities or whatever that try to buy their way out of trouble all the time we complain about it but so many people teach their kids the same thing and so then money becomes the new god right we we all chase the the almighty dollar it becomes the the central thing to focus on in our lives and and yeah we lose track of family values and other values because the dollar has the only value so I'm one, of, I'm one of those mean parents where my daughter doesn't get an allowance. She gets money, but like, okay, you want money? Here's a list of chores you can go do. You get X right. amount of dollars per chore that you do. So go do stuff. Well, why can't I buy something now? Because I asked you to take the garbage out three times and you complained about it the whole time. I mean, you, you can't just give you can't just give yeah. kids everything and expect them to have respect for what it costs yeah. to do things and and grow up knowing how yeah. to take care of themselves. Yeah, and if you want a great example of that, uh, you know, you don't appreciate the things that you didn't have to work for or wait for. Uh, look at lottery winners, and, and show me a lottery jackpot winner who still has half of their money five years later. Just show me one. Has there ever been one that wasn't broke before they died? Because they're they're just aren't that many out there. So if anybody knows of, of a lottery winner and a big jackpot winner who, who still had money when they died, unless they, unless they got killed on the way to cash it in or something. Um, it doesn't happen because it's easy come easy go. You didn't, they didn't appreciate the money cause they didn't have to work to get it. And I'm, so I'm, look still what the, I'm sorry. No, I'm still the, the generation where you, I don't go to a store and buy anything unless I go check the clearance rack first. And sure. that's, that's, that's just embarrassing for for kids these days. We see that with celebrities, sports stars, or or uh, especially child actors who uh, you know get rich at a very young age, or or sports stars. I'm not saying they didn't they didn't earn it. I I'm okay with if somebody wants to pay you five hundred million dollars to to put a ball in a hoop. Hey, you know what? Capitalism, baby. If you can get paid for it, do it right. But again, those, a lot of those fellas don't have anything to fall back on. They blow out a knee. They don't have any money because they spend it as fast as they can make it. Yep. And, and they don't have anything to show for it later in life. And then you see, you know, you see uh, people making Nugenics commercials or, or uh, the Copperfit commercials because they still need some income. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that stuff. When's the last time you saw Michael Jordan make a TV commercial? He was a smart investor. He doesn't need the money now because he still makes money on on what he does. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying that Brett Favre and Jerry Rice weren't smart investors, but ha- how do I know they're still making commercials? They must need paid. 
John, you got to put up G Web's latest comment. That pretty much sums yeah. it up right there. So that that's that's defense dad right there. Don't worry, man. I hit the clearance racks too. It's amazing the number of khakis you find on clearance when you look around. There you go. Hell, even when I go to the gun store, I look yep. at the use yep. rack first. Oh, I do too. I hit the use case first. That's how I save money. It's explains right. my shadow too. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So I think we can go ahead and stick a fork in it. Um, call it a night here. So, uh, does anybody have anything that you wanted to uh, that you wanted to say before we we wrap it up for the night? I still have faith in public schools. <laughs> uh, again, people, you know, again, what you're seeing are the extreme cases. Just like with all of us gun owners out there abiding the rules, it's always the extreme whack jobs that that make the news, and it's it's not it can, it's not always like that, guys. So again, yeah, but do take an active role in your kids' curriculum. Look at what they're studying and what they're doing. Um, yeah. You know, you have every right to to be critical because you're you're paying you're paying for it. Right. So, uh, but anyway, that's all I'm gonna say. But the majority of the te- I mean, the majority of the teachers that I know out there, it's just they're just doing what they normally do, teaching the content. And and, and how do you know? How do yeah. you know which which kind of teacher your student your kid has in in their school or in their classrooms? You go get to know the teachers. Go to parent teacher conferences. Go meet them. Go talk to them. Read the so, syllabus they sent home. Look at what they post online. Right? Yeah. Look at the kind of material they're you posting. Have know them. Take if, twenty minutes and just look stuff over. Most of the stuff is online. You can see it from yeah. your phone. So get off Facebook for ten minutes. Show your kid over. that you care enough yeah. about their future that you care yeah. about who's teaching them. Yeah, so, so all right, that's, that's my soapbox. So all right, I know that that Paul's got to get going. Um, and I think we've kept Paul up school way bedtime. School night. Okay, it's oh, a school yeah. night for Travis. <laughs> cool uh, so football. so yeah. we're going to go ahead and, and wrap things up real quick. Before I do that, again, I just want to mention uh, tonight's show is brought to us, or b- brought to you rather, by Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. Uh, and again, with my Vanna White fellas there, uh, Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about decoding firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com slash decoding dash firearms. Decoding firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or a full color Kindle version. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. I'm actually working on something for uh, anybody that takes an intro to firearms uh, or, or a women's basic pistol class uh, with with my new business and uh, trying to work some stuff out with John about getting uh, some bulk um, a bulk pack of, of books so that I can give one away uh, and just build that into the into the class uh, with all my my new shooters that I get to teach as well. So uh, yeah, good good stuff. If I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be talking about it here on my show either. Um, all right, we're going to just go through and give everybody a chance to wrap things up. Paul, we'll start with you since I've kept you longer than I planned on. So any closing thoughts and, and where can people find the things that you do? Well, I would encourage everybody, if you like John Petrolino and you like John Petrolino stuff, come to watch the Polite Society podcast one week from Monday when John will be our guest. And we're going to be spending a half an hour with him talking not only about his book, but we're going to be talking about a lot of the stuff he writes for Bearing Arms. He's turning into quite the investigative reporter. He is. Uh, and, and, and doing a lot of great stuff. Um, and real quick, Paul, who's your guest on this coming Monday? This coming Monday is going to be Trish. Uh, help me. I'm sorry. Harold. Harold, thank you. Sorry. That's okay. When I get so this tired, I still have effects and my brain freezes. No problem. Uh, but, but, 
Trish is going to be our guest on Monday. We're going to be talking about this coming week should be the uh, week where the Nebraska legislature finally moves on permitless carry. And we're going to be talking about what needs to happen and right. what the people of Nebraska can do to help move it along. Right. It'll be step two of three. So the, the first round was eight hours of debate. The second round is four hours of debate. And then the final round would be two hours of debate. Filibuster is option is an option for all of these. So we still need everybody's help. But yeah, tune in Monday night on Polite Society podcast to get the uh, the word straight from Trish, who can tell stuff way better than I can. And uh, real quick, we Susan was just on uh, setting up. She was talking with Trish, who also both Susan and Trish are are DC Project ladies, and. Uh, Trish is going to be coming up to Sioux Falls at the end of April, beginning of May, and she's going to be making both Susan and I guess me as well certified USCCA instructors. That's a great uh, class. She taught me, and that's how I got certified. So uh, that's uh, I uh, Susan. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Me. Dude, I had my brain scrambled 50 weeks ago. So coming up on a year. Uh you're in good hands. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm I'll take the class. I don't know that I'll ever instruct anybody. I don't know if I trust myself that far yet, but uh, I'll certainly take the class, see what I can learn, and I'll write about it. So. The best part about USCCA structure is you pay one time for the course to get certified. And then unlike other organizations that certify, you don't pay every year or every couple of years to recertify. All they care about is that you're doing the work. So what's cool is if you get to sit in and, and help Susan, any of the classes that she teaches, you get credit as well for the students. You have to teach 20 students a year. Okay. It could be all in one class. It can be one student, 20 classes, 20 students a year, and, and you stay certified. Very cool. So it's it's super easy. USCCA cares more about training and instruction than anything else. And, and I, the, their business model shows it. I think we're going to take care of all of that uh, the end of July when we're going out to the, the Detroit to help Rick Hector on his weekend yeah. when he trains literally thousands of women over a weekend Yep. Uh, and both Susan and I will be certified before that. So yeah, we're, uh, we're really looking forward to that. My, over the past two weeks, my travel schedule has exploded for the year. It's cool. It's cool. All right. So yeah, stay, stay abreast of Paul's, uh, how do I want to say this? Paul's many adventures throughout the year on polite society podcast and second amendment foundation all across social media. Yes, Absolutely. And you can also catch Polite Society Podcast on Self-Defense Radio Network. You betcha. So, thanks for having me on, John. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night, Paul. You bet. All right. We will let Paul sign off here. Pat, we'll move over to you. Any closing thoughts? And where can people find more of what you do? I just wanted to thank Paul for being on tonight. Um, very good conversation tonight. Um, I'm going to bring the old wagon wheel full circle since I live here in Nebraska, on the judgment part. Um, the judgments, as far, and I'll take it one step further, the judges. Mm -hmm. 
in Nebraska or in the Supreme Court or everything have sloughed off a lot of things that they could have ruled off, ruled on or ruled out, and they just keep deferring things to different places, whether to a lower court, higher court, or whatever. And people not ruling or judging on things. So I'll put that in people's brains too, because if our <laughs> if the judging yep. system doesn't work, then where are we going to go? Nope, so, exactly. But yeah, you can find me on YouTube. I'm at Pat Hirsch, uh, Pat in the Bunker. Uh, haven't posted for a little while, but been pretty busy with uh, the farm work and everything. So, but yeah, go check everybody out on the panel out. Every good group of guys. Good conversation tonight. Thanks for having me on, John. Thanks for joining us, Pat. Glad you didn't sound like a Dalek tonight. And and also for the record, I never called you a Cylon, un unlike some people. Well, what the frack? <laughs> all right travis we'll move over to you closing thoughts and where can people find what you do yeah just no again i think it was a great discussion tonight we kind of covered a whole gamut of ideas and and, and just the, you know the way that we we live the way that we do and it was a great discussion i appreciate being here uh you guys can follow me over type in travis p11 on google you'll find me over on uh facebook twitter instagram youtube uh guntube.org Gun stream are all over the place, and I got Caliber Corner Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and then also Thursday nights at six o'clock. Those are both Central Time, greatest time zone in the world. Nobody can argue that. Um, but otherwise, I think that matters. It it really is. It's the center, Central. It's the middle. Everything. It's the only time zone that matters to the five of us in this panel tonight. Exactly. The Earth is the center of the universe. Everything rotates around us, and it's flat. Yes. I mean, we all know this, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't put me on Fox News for that. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. I appreciate being here, and thanks a lot, man. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for being here. All right. Defense dad, as per usual, you get to back clean up. Oh, I think we had a good conversation tonight. Um, if you want to check out my stuff, it's defense dad on YouTube. Other than that, I think I ran my mouth enough tonight. So that's about it. All righty. And uh, I think it's time for the list. We'll get that read off here real quick. And then we will get out of here. So again, you weren't able to, uh, we weren't able to see any comments over on Twitter, although looking at this, it looks like nobody commented on Twitter, uh, which means that nobody's over there. I think one person looks like one person liked it. Um, no comments on that side. On the YouTube side, which is uh, right now the only side that matters then, we had Patriot in the Dark, who really was only here for Sandhill's Sweetheart, and uh, he sure does know how to make me feel good about myself, knowing that he didn't care less that I'm even here. Uh, but thanks, Patriot, for joining us tonight. Guns and Barbecue, Jamie Brown, Irish Wrist Watcher, DJ Play Nice, Gunpowder Beauty, Pat Hirsch, Travis P11, Rich White, Paul Lathrop, Keith Gregory, Tara Smith's Kitchen, Blitz, The Men of Tupperware, Wheeled and Well-Armed, G-Webs, Artak and Daughters, Mike, 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 Clint Taurus. If you say it fast, you'll know why I don't. Uh, Armament and Axes, Vash Matrix, G23. I don't think we forgot anybody. Uh, if we did, it's because you didn't comment enough or at all. So make sure you get those comments in there next week so that we uh, know that you're there and we can read your name off. Uh, not sure what we're going to talk about next week, but uh, it may be just a little bit more of, of just kind of how there's a double standard with um, indoctrination. 
and I'll show you what I mean next week. So tune in for that. Uh, but uh, but there is definitely a double standard when it comes to indoctrination. Uh, so I think that's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, yeah, stay tuned for more info coming on LB773, Nebraska's constitutional carry. As we get that information, uh, Nebraska Firearms Owners Association will disseminate that uh, across all of our channels. And I won't get to for two more weeks. By the time I come out of Facebook jail, the legislative session will be over. And so I'll be able to comment about it worked or it didn't. Uh, but uh, I've still got some things to say. I just need to get a few videos put together and put them here on YouTube. Uh, and I can give them to Sandhill Sweetheart and she can put them up on on the uh, Facebook stuff. I just can't do it myself. So stay tuned for all that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on behalf of Paul and Pat and Travis and Defense Dad. And, of course, the beautiful Sandhill Sweetheart and myself. Uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight, hanging out, making the chat what it was. Uh, it's just a bunch of people talking to each other if you're not out there interacting in the live chat. So thanks for that. If you're catching this on the replay, consider catching it live Thursdays at 8 Central Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, and joining us live and getting those comments out there uh, in mostly real time, uh, just a little delay, so that we can actually interact with you and talk to you and, and you can have a say in the conversation uh, instead of just uh, screaming at us and we can't hear you anymore because it's on replay. So check us out live. Check us out next week, Thursday night, 8 o'clock Central Time, and we will kind of go from there. Uh, thanks, everybody. God bless you. We love you. We can't do it without you. It's time to go, though. You know what you got to do. Get off my lawn.